Hello and welcome to the special episode of the Monaco Weekly. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco and for today's show, I speak with the writer of The Whale, Samuel D. Hunter. The film is directed by Darren Aronofsky and also marks the return of Brandon Fraser to the big screen. Hunter has been nominated for the BAFTA this year for Best Adapted Screenplay. I had the pleasure to speak with Samuel and he tells me about the moment he started to write The Whale. I know these rules can feel constraining, but remember, the point of this course is to learn how to write clearly and persuasively. Think about that. Think about the truth. Of- yeah, I wrote the play quite a while ago now. I, I, I first started writing it around 2009, uh, and um, I was living in New York and just trying desperately to find my footing as an off-Broadway playwright. I'd seen like maybe one or two of my plays produced in New York, but just in very small theaters. Uh, And I was teaching essay writing, like Charlie does in the movie, at a university, public university in New Jersey. And I was struggling to connect with my students. And and at a certain point, like Charlie does in the film, I became kind of desperate and uh, just begged them to write something honest. And so one of my students wrote me a line that ended up in the play and the movie uh, which was, I think I need to accept that my life isn't going to be very exciting. And so then that just got me interested in writing a play about an expository uh, writing teacher, an essay writing teacher, um, which is kind of an odd place to start. But uh, I uh, eventually started to put some more personal stuff on the line. Um, you know, I grew up in the town where Charlie lives in, in North Idaho, uh, in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. Uh, and I... I had an experience going to a very religious school where I was outed uh, and had to leave. And for many years after that, I self-medicated with food. Uh, and, you know, it's it, Charlie's story is not my exact story. I think like most of my plays, it's kind of an act of auto-fiction where I put elements of myself and but fictionalize them. Uh, but it felt very personal in that way. Um, so, yeah, and it was finally produced in New York in 2012, and that's where Darren saw it and then contacted me. And it's interesting, even the, the, even the topic of obesity, let's be honest, I mean, on, on the big media screen, it still feels to me like a bit of a taboo subject. But I think, I mean, in a way, the story can be a little bit harrowing as well, but there's so many, like, emotional moments. It gives so much humanity to the character, uh, Charlie. And, I've, you know... Tell me more about that, because I know even, even the name, the way I think people would understand after they seen the play or the film as well. Yeah, I mean, I resisted that title for a really long time because um, I, I felt like it was a touch provocative. I mean, it is poking at people's prejudices. But I think at the end of the day, I wanted to put that in kind of front and center, the fact that a lot of people bring this uh, this prejudgment to this story and and um you know it's it's kind of one of the last socially acceptable bastions of of prejudice that's out there right now uh you know and i i know very acutely what it is to live in the world with a bigger body and i really and i and i understood it even more acutely after i lost a lot of weight and all of a sudden the world was relating to me so much differently and it was a little shocking um but i think in writing to the to your point about the sort of like the 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 hope and the the emotion of the of the piece i think i wrote it from a profound place of uh just uh hopefulness i guess and and like i i think like one of the things that really brought me through the darkest points in my life was like 
connection with other people. And I, and I think that's kind of the, the fundamental concern of all of my plays is the tragedy of isolation and the redeeming value of human connection. And so I wanted to write Charlie as, you know, this lighthouse in a dark sea, you know, a person who just has this unending faith in other people. When Darren Aronofsky, you know, approached you, you know, to perhaps do a film about it. I mean, you had to write basically a screenplay, which I think is your, was your first screenplay, right? Right, yeah. Well, I've done some screenwriting in the last 10 years since he approached me, but yeah, that was my, my first... I, I joke that I, I bought screenwriting software in order to write that movie. How was the adaptation to it? Because, I mean, to be honest, for those who know about the play, you know, Sometimes it's a bit hard to imagine how it would look like uh, in a film. Were there many challenges in, in this topic? Well, I think, you know, I, I've written quite a few plays uh, over the years. You know, The Whale was probably 12, 13 plays ago. And I think if I were to adapt another one of my plays into a film, you know, I think I would approach it in that more traditional way of like opening it up, like adding characters, adding locations, adding scenes, maybe flashbacks. But this play specifically, I mean, really the fundamental experience of this story is being in this place with this person, in this two-bedroom apartment with this man who can't leave. Uh, and, and, I, and so, like, in the beginning, you know, I, I think Darren and I both expected this story to open up, add characters, add locations. But the moment I started tossing that around in my brain, I was just like, I don't know what this is anymore. I mean, like, I, once we leave the apartment, it just kind of felt like, you know, the air got let out of the balloon. So, you know, early on in our discussions, Darren and I agreed, like, let's keep it in the two-bedroom apartment. But obviously that presented a host of challenges, you know, because, uh, but but I also knew, like, I've, I've watched Darren's movies religiously over the years, and I knew if there was one person who could make a two-bedroom apartment visually interesting, it was Darren. Uh, but then there was a lot of, you know, like, what lines can we translate into visual storytelling, you know, like what moments, what dramatic moments can we tell without words? You know, I added, uh, you know, a second bedroom to the apartment, which doesn't seem very meaningful. But when we arrived there, we realized that it's this kind of sealed off second bedroom that is uh, kind of the archaeology of his past with his uh, with his lover who had since passed away. And so visually, that kind of tells the, st the story that is told in the play in a monologue. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff like that uh, th throughout the years. And it was a long process. You know, this was 10 years of, of not constant conversation, but like, you know, every, you know, there was a lot of drafts, a lot, a lot of drafts. Besides Darren as well, did you have any connection with, with the amazing cast? And, you know, let's talk actually about the cast because, you know, we just got the Oscar nominations this week. So incredible to see Brandon Fraser there, uh, Hong Chao as well, you know, also, I mean, what a tremendous role. Uh, did you have any say in, in who was going, who were going to be actually playing uh, the roles from the play? Or, you know, t tell me more about what did you think about Brandon, uh, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was very involved uh, from from the beginning. I mean, the, I, I think one of the reasons it took ten years is it's the question was who is Charlie, mm -hmm. you know? And I know that Darren had looked at hundreds of people, both famous and non-famous. Uh, and you know, eight years into our conversation, he called me and said, "What about Brendan Fraser?" And so Darren rented a small theater in here in New York, down in the East Village, and we did a reading of it as one would do a reading of a play, but we did a reading of the screenplay with Brendan. And I think 10 minutes in, kind of Darren and I looked at each other and we were like, holy cow, I think, I, I mean, it's kind of undeniable, there he is. 
Um, so, you know, anchored by Brendan, then it was, you know, the slow process of, of filling out the, the roles. And it was tough because we did all of this in the middle of the pandemic. That reading we did with Brendan was like two weeks before lockdown. So he, at some point in the pandemic, Darren texted me and he said, what about this actress Hong Chow? And I got really excited because I knew Hong from theater. Uh, I had seen Hong do a play. Actually, coincidentally enough, I'm in rehearsals now for a play uh, on 42nd Street, and it's the exact same theater where I saw Hong do a play amazing. called uh, John by Annie Baker, by the wonderful writer Annie Baker, and Hong was amazing in it. And I always remembered that. I had, I had actually don't know if I had seen her do any film work. I had only seen her on stage. But as soon as he said her name, I got I got so excited. And, you know, when we got on set, like, she was incredible. I mean, like, the level of control of her craft that that she has is just dazzling uh and and just like the stuff that she found in between the lines the the silent moments i remember if i can tell one brief story please there was a scene where hong gets very very frustrated with charlie they have a very complex relationship she's a very caustic character there's a lot of love there but there's also a deep well of pain and codependence and um there's one day where I and I did also had the pleasure of being on set the entire time working with the, all, all the actors, which was great for me as a writer. But Hong went to Darren and I uh, as we were doing a, a scene and she said, I think I want to do a take where I hit him and like hit him in the in the arm. Uh, and Darren and I were both horrified. <laughs> we were sort of like, like hit him like like it just seemed so so drastic and like I, I remember kind of commuting with Darren about it and be like well I, I mean I guess if 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 Brendan's okay with it like she can try it and then we did the take and it's the one that ended up in the movie of course because it was like of course she gets to that level like like this deep well of pain and complicated love uh and and frustration that she has just like exploded in that moment so that's just one example of like you know Hong bringing this incredible a game every day that she was there. And so another thing I would like to, to mention, because, you know, it's not just about, you know, uh, being prized by critics or Oscar nominations, but actually the way it's doing quite well at the box office, you know, uh, yeah. I, I was reading is really maintaining uh, and I see more and more people interested. Uh, how, how do you feel actually seeing, because there, there is clearly a big market and, and of course the story can be dark at times and sad, but as I said, there's the humanity and, and clearly there's a big appeal, uh, the film. I mean, I think it's I think it's a couple things. I think I mean, of course, there's Brendan and I and I think like, you know, both his performance, which is just absolutely monumental, but also the fact that there is so much love for that man. I mean, love that I knew that that there was a lot of affection for him, but I had no idea how many childhoods he crafted. You know what I mean? Like through his through his movies. And uh, and then I think it was just kind of he was the right man for the right role. I mean, this is a role that I've seen. It's been produced all over the all over the world at this point over the last 10 years, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of productions at this point. And so, you know, I've seen it in Dallas. I've seen it in New York. I've seen it in small theaters and small towns. I mean, I and I and I know that that this is not just a story for people in New York and L.A. This is not just a story for people of affluence. I think that this is like. Uh, it's a very human story that I think a lot of people can relate to on many different levels. Uh, because I think a lot of us 
have somebody in our life who's like Charlie, and I'm not saying, you know, somebody suffering from the exact same things that Charlie is suffering from. I mean, obesity is just one aspect of Charlie's life. You know, there's so much more else that's going on. And I think grief, people, yeah. grief, loss, hope. And this is the thing is I think that I, another thing I think people are really connecting with is I, I think it's a very uncynical story and it's a very uncynical character. And I think cynicism nowadays is kind of the law of the land, you know, it masquerades as sophistication, it masquerades as intelligence. But I think faith in other people and hard-won hope is a much more complicated, much more intellectually uh, rigorous thing to have. And I, and I think that the, the, the play in the movie is ultimately a call for that kind of, uh, that lack of cynicism and that hard-won hope. That was Samuel D. Hunter, writer for The Whale. The film is out now. And this show was edited by Callum McLean, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco.